already read out loud the Christmas story. But I would like to share with you today my wife's favorite Christmas story. This is the one that she still reads to our, our youngest kids, and our older ones overhear it. They overhear everything. Yeah, Leon, yes, they do. Yeah. But this is a story uh, that uh, is, is special to us, and I hope that it's special to you. And one of the reasons why I'm including it is because we have invited our young ones to join us uh, today. And so if you've got a young one, I hope someone like, like Isaiah Gordon will enjoy this service. And there's Gage. Hi, Gordo. So um, we're going to have some pictures behind me. But this is the story of Humphrey and Humphrey's first Christmas. That, that's a camel. Beloved, most beauteous, and exalted king of all should be my name. Instead, they call me Humphrey. Let's go to the next one there, bud. The next clickeroo. There we go. There's Humphrey. This I could bear if the worst thing of all had not happened. My dearest possession, my glorious carpet blanket has been lost along the trail. Now I am forever, pardon me, now I am never warm and I suffer terribly. That is why I have set into motion a plan to replace my greatest of all treasures. I carefully nudge my nose inside the caravan master's tent. This is followed closely by the chattering of my teeth, thereby letting the master know that I am enormously cold. Success! He has not pushed me out, and I remain hopeful that a new blanket will soon be mine. Three rich caravans have joined us. And there has been talk of kings. Yet these kings bring me no joy, for they have tied three huge chests to my bare back. They are so heavy, I am sure each must be filled with rocks. The other camels are wearing the finest of blankets. They are all comfortable and warm. Not one of them thinks about me, their cousin, in pain and misery because of the loss of my most precious carpet blanket. I cry out in sorrow. I weep. Today, I continue my plan to regain my treasured blanket. I add loud sniffling to the chattering of teeth and squeeze my entire body inside my master's tent. As I do, out rolls my master, for the tent is exactly camel-sized. It is as I planned. As the master chases me away, he tosses me a new blanket. I have success. 
Once more, I am covered with splendor and comfort. I am filled with delight. If it were were not for the heavy chests I am forced to carry, I would almost be happy. We have followed one star for many nights. Now our caravan enters the town of Bethlehem. Its streets and inns are crowded with travelers. My master gives no thought to my tired feet and rumbling belly. I am forced to move on. At last, we reach the end of our journey. But I am so confused. There's no great palace, no rich oasis, no palms heavy with fruit. I see only a lowly stable with a family inside. The three kings rejoice and rush forward to bow before the young woman who cradles a baby. Finally, the chests are taken from my back and placed before the tiny child. As each box is opened, I see no stones, only gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In this land, I have walked past many children. But never before have I felt the need to walk toward one. Now I kneel before this baby shivering in a manger. Watching him gladdens me more than sweet water, fresh hay, or even my wondrous new blanket. I look into the baby's eyes and I am overwhelmed by love. I pull the treasure from my back and lay my gift carefully upon this child. He smiles and my nose and whiskers tingle with joy. I'm happy to my toes. And even without my blanket, I feel warm. Beloved, most beauteous and exalted king of all should be his name. Instead, they call him Jesus. I'm going to ask our ushers, please, to prepare themselves as they serve you the emblems of communion. We're going to gather around the Lord's table on this Christmas Sunday. Christmas is, in the most ancient expression, a worship service. It's the Mass of Christ. It's the time that we gather to honor the incarnation of Jesus. We're, we, we celebrate that Christ was born as a babe in a manger, and there are precious elements to that. Beautiful, almost cute, if we could say it that way. Right? But the story is not to delight us with cuteness. It is to remind us that that God really did come in the flesh. 
that this is not some story of an ancient Greek god appearing on a mountainside in blazing lightning and white and loud and thunderous and calling us, commanding us, daring us to approach him if we may. But instead, this is God, supreme ruler of the cosmos, clothing himself with humanity and entering into our lives in our brokenness, in our darkness, in our hopelessness, in our despair, in our need, in our hunger, in our real life, and becoming one of us that he might redeem all of us. Christmas is about the incarnation that God is real and he wants to be fully present in our lives. Even now, he is still Emmanuel, God with us. Not against us, not distant from us, not away from us, but with us is God. And this we celebrate. This we embrace. For this we give thanks. Ushers, will you come serve the people? Hold these emblems, please, as you're being served. Town of Bethlehem, how still we see the light above thy deep and dreamlessly the silent stars go by yet in thy dark street statements of our heritage of faith affirming what we believe again and at heritage people are welcome <laughs> as you hear things you're more than welcome to agree with them out loud like that <laughs> we believe that God is good and that his loving kindness endures forever we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ the only begotten son of God that he was crucified buried, and on the third day he rose again, fulfilling the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and sits, and, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom shall have no end. We believe that he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness, and by his wounds we have been healed. Amen. 
So many in this house have already testified this year of their own journey of healing. For some, it has been a moment, a miraculous instant moment of transformation. And for others, it has been a progressive and gradual and yet continual healing and transformation. And we thank you, Lord, right in the middle of this confession that you have come to make us yes. We believe in the Holy Spirit, Lord and life giver. We believe in his baptism, that Jesus brings us into vital contact with the Spirit so that we might live for and live like Jesus. We believe that the gift of the Holy Spirit is the seal, the down payment of our inheritance, the assurance of heaven and the influence of heaven upon us now that his presence in our lives now assures us of what is to come and brings the the influence of those powers to bear upon us now that he is to us heaven's reservation in our life we are a people stamped with eternity because of the Holy Spirit therefore we desire his gifts we rely upon his power We submit to his blessing. We welcome his holy and manifest influence. And we believe in the table of the Lord. The communion of the saints. The communion of the saints. You know what you're doing now is different than when any than anything else on the planet. There are people getting together in the same room around the planet all right now. But when we get together, when we gather in the name of the Lord, particularly around the table of the Lord, it is the communion of the saints. There is something mystical and powerful. In the spirit, there is a communion, a oneness. With Christ, with one another. We believe in the spiritual symbols of the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord. We believe that his sacrificial death and victorious resurrection promises and provides healing and forgiveness and abundant life. We believe the Holy Spirit applies now what Christ Jesus has accomplished forever. And on this day, this Christmas Sunday... We recognize that we are here to honor Christ and that in this table of the Lord, we proclaim his life, his incarnation. Even as we hold these literal physical elements, we are remembering that Christ has come among us tangibly and that he really died and he really rose again and he really is coming Messiah. If I can beg your patience for a few more moments, listen to the words of Isaiah. We often reference this passage, but generations and generations and generations and generations before Christ came, the Spirit of the Lord came upon a man named Isaiah. And Isaiah wrote down what he saw by the power of the Spirit. He anticipated Christ, wrote down what he would do. Isaiah chapter 53. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the, has the arm of the Lord been revealed? 
Meaning what we're about to hear is the message of God and it is the arm of God. It is God's right hand at work. This is what you're about to hear. He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain. Bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living, from the transgression of my, for the transgression of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And, the, and, and though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By, not, by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he has poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressions, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. The gospel says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to the end that all who believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. The Apostle Paul will later write, This is a true saying and worthy of all men to be received, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And the angel told Joseph, You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Take it and eat it in remembrance of me. Take this wafer, please. and Recognize that this is the body of the Lord. May he keep you in everlasting life. May you feed by faith on his life given for you, that you may have life. Do so with thanksgiving. Amen.
after supper, in the same way, Jesus took the cup and blessed it. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out as a ransom for many. Drink all of it. This do in remembrance of me. This cup represents to us the blood of the Lord Jesus shed for you. May he keep you, therefore, in everlasting life. Drink by faith of his life given for you, of his blood poured out as a ransom for your sin and your life, knowing that your sin has been forgiven, but you have been redeemed. Receive today forgiveness, deliverance, healing, redemption with thanksgiving. I ask you please just to stand together I want to pray over you as I pray over you I would I need uh, Jeremy to bring me the oil and my deacons to come let me pray over you now as you lift your hands or just extend them out as if you were going to receive something from the Lord now may almighty God our heavenly father who of his great mercy has promised forgiveness of sins to all who repent and in true faith turn toward him. May he have mercy on you, pardon and deliver you from all your sin, and may he confirm and strengthen you in all goodness. May his healing life flow into your body and soul, restoring your soul and healing your body now. And may he fill you with his Holy Spirit now. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, breathing in his holy influence and his mighty power now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Spirit of God. We welcome you. We believe the Holy Spirit is here to apply all that Christ has accomplished. We believe the Holy Spirit is here to apply all that Christ has accomplished. The scriptures tell us that we should call for the elders of the church and they will pray over us, anointing us with oil in the name of the Lord. Particularly if you've come this morning with a need in your physical body. You need healing. You need help. You need a breakthrough. You're looking for Christ to break into your life. You need something from God. We want to pray with you and for you this morning. I've asked my elders to come. They've, anointed, they, they've put, placed their hands in oil. The oil isn't magic, but it does speak to us in the same way that the, the cup and the juice do. It speaks to us spiritually of the very real presence of the Holy Spirit. Here to minister to you today. If you would like prayer, if you need healing, you need help, you would like prayer today, as we, as we gently worship the Lord, would you come from where you are? If you can't reach us, our ushers will find you and connect you. An elder will come to you. We'll get to you in prayer. But otherwise, come right now, will you? Just, just, be, uh, just be hungry and open and humble. Let the Lord minister to you today as we pray together. Come, let's pray together.